0: All right, this is Terrell Cummings, and I am your host, as always, for the Always Realm Event Podcast, and I'm here solo for you guys uh, tonight for episode five of the podcast. So I'm doing this a little bit later than normal, um, but I'm glad you guys are here. Glad you guys are here to listen. I definitely appreciate it. Um, Today we're going to talk about. We're actually going to bring it back to the NCAA. And then actually passing a rule for student athletes being able to receive compensation for their names, likeness, and image. Also, we're going to be discussing how the Cincinnati Bengals bench Andy Dalton on his birthday. Uh, Also discussing contract talks as well with AJ Green and the Bengals and how that's really just not working out right now. And lastly, we'll be talking about a Long Island high school football coach who gets suspended for one game for running up the score on a previously undefeated team. So should be interesting. I'm pretty excited to talk about it. I'm glad I'm back here for everybody. And um hope you guys like it. Enjoy the show. All right. As I said earlier, Terrell Cummings. Host of the always relevant podcast, uh, as I said before, I'm here solo, um, just trying to hang out and have a good time, as always. So, I uh, appreciate you listening here and you know, I have a few topics to discuss. But let's start off how we start off the rest of the shows. How are you and how are you really? So, I'm gonna ask you that you guys can hit me up on social media, let me know how you're doing and how you're doing really, or you can actually go on the anchor app and there's a voice message uh app or a portion of the app as well. You can leave whatever voice messages you like. So you wanna let me know how you're doing, let me know what's good. If you have any questions or something you want to talk about on the show, hit me up there. Hit me up on my social media. Uh franchise1122 for Twitter. Um Terrell Dwayne11 on Instagram. Um like I said hit me up. We'll figure it out. So how am I? I am as always I'm doing all right just like last week, just like the week before well, not the week four, but just like the week before that. So, doing all right. Um, as always, no complaints. Work's going all right. I think we're getting pretty busy, so that's a good thing. Um looking for interns right now, so uh, that's a good thing. But it's kind of a little bit of a hassle, a little bit. But we'll work through that. It's only the first week and a half I've been looking for them. So, we should have do a good candidate already uh, for the program we're looking for. So... Um, that'll be a good thing. Um, how am I really? I'm still tired. Copeland was not sleeping still through the night. Um, and she's actually been sleeping less because she had croup. Ended up getting croup on, I think, Monday. Um, and we ended up taking the urgent care on Tuesday. Got her steroids, so it didn't get any worse. But she still had the residual effects of having croup and still being sick. And then she ended up getting super congested so that's the state that we're in right now with her um, she is still not sleeping very well at all so means I get to get up quite a bit throughout the night and stay with her and comfort her which is a good thing I'm good with it but I look forward to being able to sleep a little bit more normally I'm asleep by now and I've been learning to go to bed like at 9:30. 30 anybody that knows me knows that I, I growing up I never slept I would stay up late. I would get up early. So it's a new thing. Kids will do that to you. I promise. I try to get my sleep when I can. And right now it's not happening. So am I the best? No, but it could be a lot worse. And I'm cool with that. But, um, no, that's how I am really. Um, for real though, no complaints. So I'm all good. I won't get into my sports weekend. Um, Charlotte was Carrollton, second last game of the year, senior night. They beat Fairborn thirty-eight to fifteen. The defense had ten takeaways, so it's kind of crazy to think that they, that someone could have ten takeaways against a team, but they did. Pirates came out; they were playing well. Um, I'm I'm glad for them. I'm happy for them. Um, Austin Jones, shout out to him. Uh, one of our friends I grew up with, Kirsten Bauer, her son. He is officially the the best receiver to come through West Carrollton now. I believe he does hold all the important records as at this point in time. I don't have the actual stats in front of me. I'll forget that for the future but shout out to Austin. He's a great player. I look forward to seeing where he goes for college to play ball. Um, he rep number 11 and proud to do that. I'm glad he's he went out there and did his thing. He's a athletic kid enjoyed seeing him seeing him play a little bit and I look forward to seeing what he can do in the future. Um, Hanover College, they beat Manchester 56-7. to It was 49-7 to at, at halftime, so they obviously took their foot off the gas in the second half, but they came out. They did what they needed to do. They did work, and um, I expect nothing less for this coming weekend when they play Mount St. Joe. So I'm um, looking forward to it. Michigan this weekend. I was a little worried coming into the game uh, against Notre Dame. Uh, Notre name's a top 10 opponent. Um, they look pretty good. Um, so far this year, They only lost have been to Georgia. But Mission came out and beat them in the monsoon 45-14. to um, That score kind of surprised me. I still don't have faith in their quarterback, but their offensive line played better. They are able to kind of run and control the ball, and their defense definitely showed up this game. So they did that. No turnovers. And if they can play like that on a regular basis, you know, they can definitely be in ball games. Um, the quarterback Shea Patterson, he did run the ball a little bit more. Ultimately though, I still believe he is a liability. I still want to see Dylan McCaffrey in the game instead of instead of Shea Patterson, but it looks like that's not gonna happen. Um, it does seem like he is the leader of the team and he just needs to he just needs to step up. That that's all there really is to it. He needs to step up and play. I don't have faith in his arm. His legs are okay as far as running the ball and everything. And, you know, we'll see what happens going forward. But, you know, I think they're making strides to going in the right direction. And, um, you know, hopefully come – hopefully they can get through the rest of the schedule. And hopefully when it's time for the Ohio State week, they can show up and let them know what's good. And – make it a contest because I said earlier in a previous podcast that I didn't think it would be close. Um, I'm not sure if it's going to be close, but at least hopefully it's going to be halfway competitive. So we'll see what happens there. Um, Same old story with the Bengals. They went over to London and got worked over by the Los Angeles Rams 24-10. It was actually kind of close for a little bit. Uh, The Bengals were hanging out there on offense, but defensively, they let Cooper Cup just run all over the field. Um, if you watched the game, the Bengals could not stop a dig at all. 15-yard digs all day. Cooper Cup, mill field, wide open. So whether it's the defense coordinator's fault or the coverage fault or whoever it was, Cooper Cup was eating them a lot. I think he had like 10 catches for like 250 yards and a touchdown, something crazy. So Bengals being Bengals, we'll talk about them here shortly because – there's a lot of things unconventional that, that they do. Um, it's just they're just being themselves. But we'll get back to them in a little bit. we we'll get to my fantasy football weekend. Um, I did get the win in my PPR league, so that's good. I'm still eligible for the playoffs to try to get that $2,000. So that is the goal. That is why I'm here. I want to win. At least want when, to when, when win my money back. We will see how it goes um, in my FanDuel league. Um, I didn't do anything crazy. I didn't do anything terrible. I you mean, know, I had a solid score. It could have been better, but that's how it is always in Fanduel. So, I guess what I expect it. I'm still on top in the standings for the year-long Fanduel um, Fanduel tournament amongst friends. Uh, but it's getting closer. People are getting better scores, so I need to try to make something happen. Try to extend my lead and you know get that money. That's what it's all about in fans Football, right? Making that paper. So, uh, I'm working on that. And um, we'll keep it moving. Alright, I'm going to circle back around to a topic that uh, DJ and I discussed a few weeks ago. Uh, I believe it was episode 2. Uh, as far as the NCAA. Uh, and actually, it goes back to the state of California. Passing, a, a, a I guess passing a law that says that uh, student-athletes can um, profit or benefit or get compensated for off their names, likeness, and images. Um, they started that. They also said that they can, I believe, retain agents as well. Um, looks like as of Tuesday, the NCAA has also followed suit and they also passed the rule that student athletes can't receive compensation for their names, likenesses, and image. Um, main difference, I believe I don't believe they're allowing um, agents to be part of the picture yet. Um, they are saying that their three di- divisions um, must still craft their own rules and detail the specifics before this can totally be um, going. Before this can totally go into effect, excuse me. Um, Only supposed to go into effect until 2023, but I also know like California, other states are going out there and um, creating a similar a similar rule or a similar bill. Uh, I think Florida was one of them. I believe was that Washington was another one. Uh, I think there's a total of at least 10 states that are doing something similar right now as we speak. So we'll see how far along they go on that. I know the NCAA is trying to get in front of it as fast as they can. That's why they went ahead and um, their board unanimously voted to allow those college athletes to be compensated. I don't think they want to do that. I think they want to keep the NCAA as a monopoly, a money-making machine for themselves. And um, they don't want to lose their cash cow. And they don't want to give up or split or have any kind of revenue sharing with the athletes that are making their money. So, We'll see how it goes. I know that after the state of California passed this law, um, the board of governors sent a letter to the California governor, Gavin Newsom, uh, making it clear that making it clear its belief that this bill would wipe out the the distinction between college and professional athletics and eliminate the element of fairness that supports all of college sports, which is crazy. College sports is big business, especially football and basketball. They go, it's a revenue generating, you know, sports activities. They make money for all these athletic departments. They make money for all these boosters. They make money for all the facilities, which is good for the athletes that are there. But the athletes are the ones putting it out there on the field. And, you know, they're not getting compensated at all. You know, yes, they get full scholarships, and I understand that. But for how big the pie is, for how much money is being made by everybody, Especially in say especially the schools, you think that they could, you know, leave a leave a slice of the pie for the athletes that are putting in the work. You know, I they pay the coaches, but the coaches aren't anything about the players. As my coach, Coach Perry from Hanover College said, it's not about the X's and O's, it's about the Jimmies and the Joes. So it's not about the coaching. It's always about the players. The players make the plays. The players do what they can to get the wins. They make the money for the program. They should be compensated for sure. Will that ever happen in true fashion? I doubt it. But, you know, this is maybe one step in that direction. But I don't know where it's really going to end up. Uh, I do know that the NFL Player Association and the National College Football Player Association, they announced that they would explore ways to ensure that college athletes get a share of the revenue stemming from the sale of their name, image, and likeness. So, you know, those players that are going around, they're seeing their jersey numbers being sold in stores, you know, they should get a cut. You know, if they see their names and numbers on t-shirts, they should get a cut. If they see themselves on video games, they should get a cut. You know, that's why EA Sports stopped making NCAA football um, as far as that video game or March Madness basketball because of specifically that rule. You know, NCAA keeps one to, to play the amateurism card. I'm throwing that up in air quotes, but they can't really do that. You know, it's it's definitely a big business. You know, to bring these kids on for one-year scholarships, they have to rearm their scholarship every year. So if they come in and they're not as good as what they expect them to be. Guess what? They cut them off the team or they drop their scholarships. A lot of times those kids can't afford to stay in school. So if there's a walk-on that does better than them, they take their scholarship. If a freshman comes in next year and does better than them, they take their scholarship. If a transfer comes in and does better than them, they take their they take their scholarship. They treat it like a business. They treat these kids like pawns. You know? And so just because the kids are trying to do something for themselves and take a little bit of the control back and say it doesn't like that. That's not how they roll, you know. So we'll see how it goes, we'll see where it ends up, we'll see where it turns out. I hope that the players, you know, keep getting more and more control of, you know, at least not control, but at least get a share of the pie. They deserve that. So if you have any issues, any questions about it, hit me up. Hit the voicemail uh, through the anchor app. You can ask whatever questions you want. I will listen to them. I will respond to them, I promise, or hit it up on social media because I want to hear your opinion. I want to hear your feedback and I'll love to be able to talk about it on the next episode if possible. So We'll see how it goes I told y'all we' bring it back to the bungles the bangles whatever you want to call them they're not really worth anything right now but I do want to get into a little bit I told y'all I would talk about um, I guess this past Tuesday was the NFL trade deadline. And obviously, the Bengals did not trade A.J. Green. One thing they did do was they benched Andy Dalton. Um, One thing about Tuesday, like I said, the trade deadline, but it was also his birthday. So, I mean, hell of a day. Probably not the kind of day he was hoping he would have or expected to have since he's been the quarterback there in Cincinnati for, I believe, the last nine years. So, I don't know. He definitely um, expressed his frustration a little bit. Letting everybody know or letting the Bengals know, say, Hey, you could have tried to trade me so I could go, you know, prove myself somewhere else. Um, but they didn't do that. They didn't give him that option. They let him know that we Ryan Finley was gonna be the starter. This is the bye week for the Bengals. So he's gonna prepare this week. He's gonna prepare next week, and he's gonna try to play. Um I'm not put, I'm not putting all blame on Dalton. Um, you know, he didn't help his himself in certain situations, but their offensive line was definitely you know, the main issue for them. You know, they couldn't really do anything. They couldn't really protect him. They couldn't run the ball. You know, he was either running for his life or trying to get the ball out too quick. Um, he is good at getting the ball out quick. He's top five in, in getting the ball out quick. But it just wasn't helping him this year. And he was making mistakes. And he's just not the type of player that can go out there and, you know, take a mediocre offensive line and make them into above average just by being himself. He's just not that guy. You know, he needs to have a solid offensive line to perform to the best of his ability. You know? Now, one thing I've been thinking about is the Bengals should have traded him. And what if he went to a team like, I don't know, maybe like the Chicago Bears? If he was playing on that team instead of Mitchell Trubisky, I think the Bears would be really good. You know, they have weapons around them. They have a decent offensive line. He's decent reading coverage when he can stand upright, you know? But, I don't know. I'm sure there's some team out there where he could go and he could probably do well in the back half of his career. But, it's just tough. You know, where the Bengals are right now, they just need to be in straight rebuild mode. Which brings me to the A.J. Green situation. Like I said last week, they should have traded him. There's really no reason to keep him if you're going to rebuild. Like, is it for nostalgia purposes or what? Like, I don't know. But they should have traded him because right now he's 31. He's in the final year of his contract. That was four years, $60 million. He wants something similar for sure. And he wants, you know, the the last one more guaranteed long-term deal before his career is over. He's 31 years old. He's looking to get paid. The Bengals don't want to pay him because he's 31 years old and he's probably not going to have as much production as he did in the first half of his career. And also, he's been injury prone the last few years. So they're like, you know, your value has dropped. You're not going to be worth this much. But he's like, I want to get paid. So they're far apart in their contract negotiations. You know, next year, they can go ahead and put the franchise tag on them, which will give them. I think the, was the average of the top three or top five um, receivers in the league, which would be around 15 million dollars for that year. But ultimately, they should have traded him. I don't know if be able to trade him next year. I think by the rules they still can, but they need to get value. Like now, I think it's straight rebuild mode, and you know, by AJ Green is probably going to try to come back to show his value. But I, if I was the Bengals, I'd probably try to bench him, leave him on the bench because you're try to get as high of a draft pick as you can at this point. You know, I doubt they're going to run off like eight or nine straight going forward because I think they're they're zero and eight right now. So you know, I'm I'm not confident in that. But, you know, they need to start getting guys with value, they need to start getting high draft picks, and they need start coaching them up, you know, give Coach Taylor a chance. And, um, you know, we'll see how it goes. But as of right now, Mike Brown, he's still being himself. He's still the same old Bungles. Find the brown paper bags, put it over your heads, Bengals fans. It's going to be reliving the, the mid-'90s and how they were for a little bit. Uh, the struggle's real. Hopefully it doesn't last too long. I don't have faith though, you know. I had I had some faith for a while, but you know, I don't have that faith anymore. It's tough, but um, hopefully one day Mike Brown will relinquish those GM I guess authorities. I don't know if he technically has it or not, but I do I do believe he does exercise his ownership authority out there to where he makes some decisions, and he really shouldn't. Um, you know, he should he should just be there to honestly open up his checkbook. He needs to open it wider because right now it is not working. But I don't know if he really cares about the product that's on the field. He wants to make a little bit of profit. You know, right now the Bengals fans are not going to the games because it's not worth it. You probably find a college team better than them. You know, not really, but that's what it feels like. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Hopefully it changes soon. Hopefully they can make some right decisions going forward because right now I don't have the faith. Uh, let's talk about the high school football coach out of Long Island that gets suspended by the county for one game for running up the score on a team that was previously undefeated. Uh, Plain Edge, New York high school football coach Rob Shaver. He was suspended for beating South Shore, also out of New York in Nassau County, 61-13. to And I guess the score was in violation of a lopsided scores policy in Nassau County, New York. Now, my first question is, they could not find a better name than a lopsided scores policy? I don't know. I feel like they could have done something a little more, I guess, professional than that if they really wanted to. But, you know, lopsided scores, I guess that works. Whatever. Um, Going into the game, both teams, they were undefeated. Um, 'cause plain edge you know coach shaver's team they, were, they when they entered the fourth quarter they're up by they said five possession they had a five possession lead, which in high school sports anything can happen so you never really know, but I guess throughout the quarter he never pulled his starters um doesn't mean he was necessarily trying to run the score up it just meant that he left his starters in to make sure nothing stupid happened, so you know I kind of get it, but you know the rule from what it seems like is super subjective like there's not like a a straightforward um, you know, by the rule, like you can't beat a team by this many points, which I don't think should be out there anyway, but you know, I guess the rules put in place so that better teams would not run up the score on lesser programs. And this wasn't the case. You know, these teams both came in undefeated. I think like I said four and oh, or five and or whatever it was. So it's a big matchup. I think the, the other team may have won state the previous year. I'm not sure. I'm not positive about that. You know, don't quote me on it. But either way, they were pretty good. And, you know, plain edge, you know, Coach Shaver's team, you know, handled them. That's just what it is. You know, and even South Shore's head coach, Phil Onesto, he supported Shaver. He said, I had no issue with how the game went. I spoke to Coach Shaver. I told him I had no issues, and I support him. So he's like, and Coach Shaver said, the spirit of the rule is to prevent better teams from running up the score in lesser programs. So he's like, I get that. And that didn't happen. You know, it was a quality program. We played them the best of our ability. We played them hard. We made sure they weren't going to come back and beat us. And, you know, what else can you say about that? So, I don't know. I guess I get it. I understand it. I know why they put um, rules like that in place to try to protect those teams that aren't as good. Or maybe they're smaller or whatever it is. But in this situation, I think that you know, they were wrong. I think he did try to appeal the suspension, um, but ultimately it was upheld. So I guess this coming Saturday, um, he will stay out there game against whoever they are playing. And, uh, you know, that's unfortunate. But, I mean, that's just what it is, you know, trying to protect everybody, which I get. But I think this situation, you know, they got it wrong. All right, y'all, we are here for the final segment called Relax and Take Notes. And today, what I have for you is U.S. Quidditch will host the USQ 2019 Great Lakes Regional Championship here in Cincinnati on the north side of Cincinnati and Westchester. It's coming up this weekend. Anybody that knows me knows that I am a Harry Potter fan, so I appreciate the sport of Quidditch. Um, even if it's not really real and impossible to do here in real life because we don't have brooms that fly, the fact that they're trying to do this, and there's enough teams available to actually make it a regional event. I mean, I guess there's 15 teams uh, coming from Indiana, Michigan, Ohio, and Pennsylvania to compete in this for the opportunity to attend the U.S. Quidditch Cup. So, it's kind of crazy to think about that there's this many teams that are in it doing it right now. Um, it is a full-contact sport. It's competitive. It's co-ed. Um, and like I said, inspired by the movie, it began in 2005 and has since spread to over 300 colleges, high schools, and club teams nationwide. So it is spreading. People seem to enjoy it. People seem like it. I keep thinking (laughs) ground, you know, Quidditch on the ground, like in the movie that I think was at the internship with Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn. That's probably what it is. It'll be interesting to see, you know, how much of a competition it really is. Be funny to take the the kids out there just to see what's going on with it, but you know that's what it is. It's interesting, and um, those are your uh, relax and take notes quote of the day. So you know, thanks for listening. I definitely appreciate it. Um, Like said, hit me up on Twitter, franchise eleven twenty two, Instagram Terrell Dwayne eleven. Next podcast coming up. I will probably have a co host with me because. I think me sitting here talking by myself is kind of boring and I want you guys to be more interested. So, um, you know, hope you enjoyed the episode and uh, we'll see what we can do later on. So talk to you soon. Later.